banter on the board with your hosts matt middleton and kevin rayner where the banter's as ferocious demar Derozan's back-to-back buzzer beaters man first time in the nba history that ever happened yeah that it did and it could have been better for someone like demar he's having an unreal season i'm so happy to see him succeed on the bulls we're gonna break down buzzer beaters later because it has been a wild season for them but again demar what a monster two absolutely ridiculous shots Back-to-back games, man, and you're right. Nobody more deserving than DeMar DeRozan. I love those memes that I've been seeing this year, the Peter Parker glasses memes. It's like Michael Jordan, glasses off, DeMar DeRozan. Oh, it is. Him in a Bulls uniform, man. I don't know. He's channeling his inner Michael Jordan. It's been a beautiful sight to see. I mean, people always say that, you know, Kobe was like the next evolution of Jordan, and people always said that, Demar was kind of this Kobe light type of player so to see them succeed to watch it come together in the Bulls it's kind of a beautiful thing you know yeah because I think they might be the last of the truly mid-range maestros and that type of vein to get their shot off wherever they want hunted in the mid-range specifically because now everybody's going to be pulling out to the three-point line but man, we can talk about basketball all day. Um, let's get into to our previous takes. We did go football because you know it's that time of year. But buddy, the Cardinals got back on track. Your your America's team didn't get I, the dub. I think I've just been taking L's left and right with my football takes recently. But you know what? It's just because I'm stockpiling it all up. I'm getting ready for the playoffs. I'm getting ready to make that hail mary out of left field run where I'm getting every prediction right. So if I take L's right now. I'm not that upset. And you know what? It's the Cowboys. Sometimes, you know, the America's team is just letting us down sometimes. Man, they finished strong in the game. They didn't They didn't start it that well. Um, but, yeah, Mike McCarthy, um, Dak Prescott, I don't think they're good enough to win a Super Bowl <laughs> at the moment um, unless they get another top five running back because Ezekiel Elliott is not that anymore. Um, but a team that I think has definitely got a path to the Super Bowl those Green Bay Packers, man, they dismissed my Minnesota Vikings, eliminated Oof. them like I thought. Um, Kirk Cousins, man, he's going to do it to you every year. Have MVP-like stats midway through the season. People are going to start the chatter. Is Kirk Cousins really an MVP candidate? No, guys, he's going to miss the playoffs. This is every year. I've watched it for three straight seasons. Light on the interceptions, light on the touchdowns, light on big plays, light on winning games. And, and it's and it's tough, right, when, you know, your season comes down to, you know, fighting against the Green Bay Packers, who are arguably one of the best teams right now. There are a lot of people's picks to go all the way to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, like, considering the controversy that's going on with that team, right, like, it would be really interesting to see them, like, go out with a Super Bowl win out of, like, nowhere, seemingly. Yeah, almost out of nowhere, seemingly. Uh, them posting the last dance pictures, Devontae Adam and uh, Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Starting with that like really big thud of a game against New Orleans, but kind of coasting for the rest of the season, um, locking up the bye early. They're going to get to rest their players if they want to, if they choose to. Who knows if that's the best decision, you know? Um, great decision if it works out, horrible decision if it don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, you know, Week 18... It's here, man. Playoffs are upon us. Um, you have to, KC has a chance at the bye, but Tennessee looks like they've got it all locked up. Um, but there are still some some teams on the outside of the playoff picture that that could get in, um, and some of those bottom teams that you know have to to win this week to get there. Um, you want to start in the AFC? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the AFC is pretty much done. All the titles are locked up except for those Bills and Pats. But I mean, 
the Bills fan in me, you know, I, I want it, but they've been so disappointing at so many moments this season that I don't know if they can do it. The fact that they are playing the Jets in the final game of the season, <laughs> it feels like a trap. Yeah. Uh, considering they've already lost to the Jags this season, um, it's, I'm just nervous for the Bills. Uh, they might be able to lock it up, but yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, but at the bottom of the table there, man, uh, some teams that are really still trying to lock in their playoff spot at this point, uh, those Colts, man, it all hinges on them in this in this AFC playoff picture. Um, if they can beat the Jaguars, then it really just comes down to the Chargers, Raiders, and one of those teams has to win. But if they lose to the Jags, some really weird things could go on. Um, the Chargers and the Raiders would only have to tie. Yeah. So that means the Sunday night game would come down to a bunch of knees and that would both get them into the playoffs. Um, if they didn't do that, one of them would be out because the Ravens could still get in if they yeah. beat the Steelers this week. That Colts loss happens to the Jags and the Raiders beat the Chargers. They can get in. And then the Steelers... If they win against the Ravens and the Colts lose, um, they just have to make sure that the Raiders-Chargers doesn't end in a tie. So the Chargers win, Raiders win, doesn't matter to them. Uh, Ravens need the Raiders to win. Pittsburgh doesn't care. Colts just need to actually win um, to get in. And it'd be really poetic justice, though, for Carson Wentz to leave Philadelphia and not lead them to the playoffs while Jalen Hurts has already locked up his playoff spot. Um the second year player who everybody didn't think had the high ceiling like Carson Wentz did as the second overall pick. Just kind of interesting thought there. It's like a crazy toss up, man. I was following because like I got I've got the AFC wildcard race in front of me. Like I was following you there, but at the same time I was like, there's so many ways that things could go and like there's a lot of teams that just can't get a W and hope that's enough, right? Like, there's there's so many things that have to happen all around the league, and so, like, there's going to be some NFL fans just shaking in their boots this week on Sunday, just, like, praying for these Ws. Absolutely. I mean, the Colts are praying that they're going to get the easy win, but they're not going to fall into the trap. Trevor Lawrence fans are hoping that he can take out the Colts. All of the Steelers, Ravens, uh, Raiders, Chargers fans are going to be hoping for the Jags. Um, and, yeah, it's getting wild down there. Um, the AFC is a little a little bit more convoluted, but you know the most likely scenario is the Colts win against the Jags, um, and then I'm seeing the Chargers beat the Raiders and, and get into the playoffs. Um, so those would be kind of my rounded out in the bottom of the of the table there of the AFC. The NFC though, it's really really clear. The 49ers have to win and get in. Yeah. If the New Orleans Saints win against Atlanta and they lose against the Rams, New Orleans can take their spot. What do you think the likelihood is of that happening? I mean, that seems reasonable. It's interesting that they have that jump, and then the Eagles are just kind of just chilling there, you know, living their best life right in the middle. But, I mean, the 49ers, they've kind of always just been around. The Saints have had big wins and big losses, I think, right? So it's like this very interesting toss-up between two teams that – Literally, if they just had gotten a win earlier in one of those games in the season, they wouldn't be in this kind of mess situation. So it's Absolutely. definitely a coin flip. Games that you would think that they'd win, that they that they lost earlier in the season, now are coming back to haunt them. Um, New Orleans, for sure, losing Jameis Winston. They were 5-2 and two with him. They're 3-6 and six without him. Um, so he's been a, a big loss for that team. If they just get one of those games, they're almost assured a playoff spot. 
Um, the 49ers have a five-game win streak against the Rams, wow. stretching it to six. You know, three straight seasons of beating the Rams undefeated in your division. Mm. I don't know how likely that is, so I'm leaning towards the Rams. I just, I don't know, man. Uh, it's going to be a, a wild Sunday, though, as it always is. Expect upsets. Like, I'm expecting the Buffalo Bills to lose and lose that division crown. But, like, the all likelihood, every logical bone in my body is telling me to pick the Bills. But at the same time, there's that one little tiny part of you that is just like, <laughs> really? The Bills again? The tiny guy screaming? Like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> He is screaming, my friend. Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be a toss-up, right? But it's exciting because it's week 18, a week that normally, you know, we don't get to see. And so... Fans are getting another week. You know, there's certain records that might get broken. I know there's been a conversation with some players that don't feel right about it. It's like, oh, breaking a record with an extra game in the season. That's meh. But at the same time, it's it's just more content. People love watching sports. So Exactly. Cooper Cup specifically came out about that because he's really close to the record um, for receiving yards in a season, breaking Calvin Johnson's record, okay. which would be funny because Matthew Stafford now actually officially accounts for the most receiving yards and the second most receiving yards by a receiver in a single 16-game season, if you want to cut Cooper's short That's game. That's cool. Um, he has a chance of breaking it. He has a chance of breaking also, um, I think it's the receptions by Michael Thomas, who said it a few years ago, um, again in the 16-game season. But he was like, ah, oh, it's, it's kind of weird. So I agree with him that it is a little weird, but that's it's the new standard in the NFL. They're going to hold 17-game seasons. Um, that's the standard. The Patriots technically wouldn't be the other perfect team mm. if the NFL doesn't add games and evolve. So the Dolphins were a 16 and 0 team that won the Super Bowl. The Patriots were an 18 and 1 team that lost in the Super Bowl. There you go. You know, for me, it's really just like the history of things, right? Like things adapt, things change over time, right? Like we have this conversation, Matt and I, about like NBA greatness and like different players from different eras how it's so hard to compare their greatness because there's so many things that happen differently when jordan started playing in the playoffs they played a best of five series in the quarterfinals so that is a completely different world right two extra games is a chance Absolutely. to get out so like on the one hand it's it's hard to accept that you're gonna have a different type of record because of one extra game but on the other hand it's like you know things change things evolve and at the end of the day a record is a record you know look two one isn't an elimination game anymore you're not as tight that's exactly what it is but we're, we're digressing uh, <laughs> let's get into the top 10 here because we, we still want to talk about the nfl and this oh, yeah. this week um i'm gonna start with some honorable mentions those raiders and colts men um they're tough teams the raiders did um get the dub this week over those colts um which really hurt the colts playoffs chances they really wanted that but let's let's dive right in top 10 men number 10 the New England Patriots. Um, I think they're really limited at quarterback at the moment with Mac Jones. I'm not saying that he can't develop into a franchise quarterback eventually. Obviously, he's still young. He's a rookie quarterback, and he's playing phenomenal from an accuracy standpoint. Um, but you take out their easy wins on the schedule, their point differential really drops. Their record doesn't look as good. So they're a good team, not a great team. Again, just like I think almost every team on this list. Yeah. Uh, the the Dallas Cowboys, man. Like, they're a great team at number nine. Theoretically, at midway through the season, they were everybody's Super Bowl pick. Yeah. Right now, it's not looking so good. Dak Prescott has regressed midway through the season. McCarthy is McCarthy. 
Uh, he can't manage a clock. I don't know if he doesn't know how to tell time or something. Maybe you should go back to grade school because uh, they teach you there. Um, digital clocks are also your friend. They're really nice. Um, but I don't know what it is, man. Like, the Dallas Cowboys can't stop getting over themselves. Uh, I'm still, I can't get over this watch comment. There, you know, there are literal children who have no idea what an analog clock is or how they work. They're like, what, where's the numbers? I, I, the numbers are there. You gotta, you gotta read them. I'm still dying. Oh, <laughs> you gosh, count, man. But you know, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, right? Because remember football is a sport of what are you doing for me right now? And ramping yourself up for the playoffs is what the season is. So whether or not you are an MVP candidate in the middle of the season, whether or not you are a team that can win a Super Bowl in Week 10, that doesn't mean anything six, seven weeks later because if you have an injury, if you have something changed, like you're going to end up missing out. And it's The NFL playoffs are insane because it is a winner-takes-all, show up and have a bad day and you're gone type of situation. So it is oh, yeah. imperative that they get to their top of their game by the end of the season. Absolutely. Because the team that was balling out halfway through the season isn't the same team that's going to be playing the playoffs and isn't going to be playing the same level of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think a, a team like the Chargers can really do damage because they come in at number eight on my on my list here, not because the team itself is amazing, but I think they've got great leaders. Derwin James is a fantastic safety, one of the best free safeties in the league, and Justin Herbert's just an elite quarterback. He's that next generation. Him, Joe Burrows, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, yeah. those guys are going to be like our Peyton Mannings, uh, you know, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's still doing it, though. <laughs> um, speaking of those guys, Cincinnati, man, coming in at number seven. Again, not the great team that, you know, is going to override you. They've got that unbelievable wide receiver combination, QB combination, Jamar Chase to Joe Burrows. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrows at LSU is just unfair, in my opinion. (laughs) These two wide receivers in back-to-back seasons have come out and set the league ablaze, both having over 1,400 yards 16 games into the season. Wow. Just wow. It's a pretty crazy statistic at the end of the day. Absolutely. And the fact that he had 260 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs defense that was on fire. And Joe Burrows has almost thrown for 1,000 yards in two games, 525 and I think 460-something last week. Like, just unbelievable, potent offense. I don't know if I trust them in a big spot, but they're a dangerous team, and they're going to be a dangerous team for years to come. Um, (laughs) You get that quarterback right, right? Yeah, exactly. They're not a team that you probably want to face right now at the end of the day. It's not a team that a, a higher-up is looking at like, oh, yeah, let's just let's just get this off the record. Let's move to next week because anything's possible when you're that explosive. Exactly. And that's why teams are going to fear the Arizona Cardinals, man. This is another team that moved off their quarterback. They drafted Josh Rosen in the top 10. They moved off of him. They stuck with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has made that team phenomenal. Yes, they hit a hiccup, but I don't think – this isn't the time for them to start building themselves back up. They got a big win last week. They're going to have to get a big win this week over Seattle and Russell Wilson, who's healthy and playing great. Um, and it is a scary division rival when Russell Wilson is clicking on all cylinders. So if they can get that win, maybe get right for the playoffs, play in the first week of the playoffs, get on a roll, they might be scary. They might be able to get that, that season form in again. Um, so they're definitely in my top six. Tennessee coming in at number five because they're going to get Derrick Henry back. If they don't have to play the bye week, 
and they get to sit out, yeah. that's going to be even better for them because then they won't have to play a playoff game without Derrick Henry. He's going to be that much more healthy. That's a scary thought for the league. Um, and those Rams. The Rams are filled with studs. Odell Beckham Jr. came back. Yeah. Aaron Donald's a stud. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey's a stud. Matthew Stafford has arm talent. He scares me, though. Those pick sixes. <laughs> it's a little too much. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. Oh. Man, it's just, he's a little too reckless. But again, like I said, he accounts for the two greatest receiving seasons through 16 games in NFL history. Um, but these are the elite teams that I expect to be there at the end. Tampa Bay, uh, they did almost lose the Jets and had an explosion with AB. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it. Everyone's talking about his mental health and stuff. I mean, who knows? He's releasing stuff still. Bruce Arians is getting caught in lies. It's a mess out there. That could probably and most definitely derail their playoff hopes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so maybe at three, they're a little bit too high for me. Um, but I think what they've proven throughout the entire season, they deserve to be here. Yeah. They were my number one team last week. Exactly. And yeah, it's, 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 it's Tom Brady, right? Like, it's yeah. it's still the only thing that I want to mention is the fact that I heard that like he called his Uber as he was walking out. That to me is amazing. You know, at the end of the day, no matter what, this guy is like box office. He 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 sells tickets. He's entertaining. And if you know he was getting messed over by the coaching staff, well, then that's not okay. But other things, and uh, again, here still, we are, so. even if he was getting kind of um abused a little bit by the coaching staff it doesn't excuse what he did oh no it doesn't excuse what bruce arians did uh but it doesn't excuse what he did that was a little too much the most important thing is the fact that it has a chance to derail their playoffs has a chance to be a problem that they don't need to worry about and so that's right before the... yeah yeah exactly it was brutal and then you got the most likely super bowl man i think the teams that are going to get it um kansas city they fell asleep this week against the Bengals, so they dropped their they stay at number two for me um, they have this problem though that they fall asleep I think that's why through the last three seasons they've gone through spells mm. where they their offense right. dries up and everyone gets worried about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and guys they'll be fine when it counts uh, when they, all the marbles are on the table Patrick Mahomes is most likely to pick them all up um, <laughs> but the guy who's probably going to win the MVP right now Aaron yeah. Rodgers coming in at number one with Green Bay they have the easiest path to the Super Bowl yeah. um Whereas I, I think Kansas City is going to have trouble with the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals are dangerous. The Chargers are dangerous. New England, the Colts, the Raiders. I, there's some really dangerous teams in the AFC. Uh, whereas I think Green Bay's kind of been the class of the NFC and, and kind of has the, the easiest path. But like all of the great teams in the NFL this year, apparently you are in a shootout with any team like the Jets. The Jets have beaten, almost beaten the Bucks, but they beat Tennessee. They beat the Bengals. The Lions beat the Cardinals. The Texans have beat Tennessee and the Char Chargers. Like, all these teams are in my top 10. What's going on? I mean, for, for me, the way that I see it is, like, every team was like, oh, we can take an L this week against a good team because there's an extra whole week. We got a whole extra game. It'll be fine. No big deal at all. Exactly. Can't look forward in the NFL. You got to worry about your matchup each week. Uh, but that's it, man, for the NFL. Um, week 18, you obviously know the matchups that matter. Uh, the ones that don't, most of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for the playoffs. Man, it is going to be wild. I can't wait to see if my playoff streak can return. We can start making some predictions of those early rounds, but not yet. Not yet. we got to wait a little bit while. Matt, that's it for the NFL. What do you got for the NHL this week? Because I know that it is a wild world over there. Well, the NHL is just an insane place with COVID. Um, Montreal Canadiens playing with 15 players. 
um, ECHL, AHL, doesn't matter. Let's put them in the lineup. Had under $30 million in total salary cap. And these guys are getting paid NHL salary because within their contract, it's like if you get called up, you actually get bump in salary to make NHL money. That's awesome. Um, league, league minimums. Yeah. Um, so, like, their real contracts aren't even worth that kind of money. Um, and when Brendan Gallagher got hurt, it was, like, down to, like, $20 million. So, I don't know what the league's doing. It helped Montreal out, obviously, because they're going for Shane Wright next year. Hopefully, they tank as well, because Connor Bedard looks even better. Um, but, yeah, the league is in really good hands, though. Um, I think this is Ovechkin's curtain call, um, his last great season. He's got 24 goals in 34 games. Yeah. Uh, really vying for that that Rocket Richard trophy. It's, it's a good race between him, Dreisaitl, um, with 26 and 34. But I think Matthews is a sneaky dark horse. If any, if those guys miss some games, uh, Matthews is, is pretty fire when it comes to scoring goals, 20 and 29. So he could get there. Yeah, I mean, I just love that Ovi, you know, this... This grizzled old man is still lighting up the league, destroying it. I love that the conversation has shifted, not if he will break the scoring record, but when he will break the record. You know, I'm so glad he got his cup a couple of years ago as well. Like, you know, it, it's fun to watch him against these young studs just having the sick race. Um, he and Sidney Crosby are the greatest players of my lifetime. And I think arguably top five nhl players like you could put them up there yeah. with the guy like gordy howes um the paul coffees the mark messiers the rocket richard the jean bellavos um i think the the holy trinity for me when it comes to hockey is wayne gretzky bobby or mario lemieux i think yeah. those three guys in a class of their own um but then you could start arguing you know crosby mcdavid ovechkin uh all those other guys that i mentioned but yeah absolutely phenomenal to see man it's always nice wonder Uh, that's the thing right it's always nice when you can live and be like young in a new generation of talent but you still have a couple of those old guards that are still the top tier parts of the league because like one day you're going to be an old man talking about Sydney and Ovi the same way that people talk about Bobby and Gretzky right like that is that's what you are going to get to experience which is super cool in my opinion yeah especially watching guys like Matthew and Dreisaitl who are the next wave, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously McDavid. But I digress. The NHL is in a weird world. Uh, obviously, it's still tight at the top, but regular season almost means nothing. Montreal was in the Stanley Cup last year. They're last place this year. So, who cares? Pain. Pain is what Matt still experiences. <laughs> but, hey, at least on the basketball side of things, we are living in an almost, like, epic new golden generation of ball. We're going to have a fun conversation in a little bit about buzzer beaters and the ridiculousness of talent right now in the NBA. But Matt knows i got to do my spiels. i got to get my simple things out of the way to start. A little bit of injuries. Not much this week, thankfully. Dante DiVincenzo returned for the Bucks. He debuted on the 28th, and he's now out with a rolled ankle. Sad is what it is. Stephen Curry's got his quad injury, but hopefully minor. Clay Thompson's going to come back, though, on Sunday. Super exciting, but that's pretty much it for injuries on the trade market. We've got a trade, Matt. Finally, it seems like we've got nothing all season, and now Rondo's going to the Cavs because the Cavs, they need another point guard, and, you know, the Lakers were going to get Valentine, but now they've moved him to the Knicks because he doesn't matter, and they're going to save some, some luxury tax. And the real conversation, Matt, is the Hawks rumors that I've heard because apparently Danilo and Reddish are on the trading block, and I want to see something happen because the Hawks are having a tough, tough season right now. Man, after being in the conference finals last year, what is going on with that team right now? They're out of the playoffs. Um, 
Trey's doing his thing. What do you think is going to fix them, man? I mean, it's a it's a combination of things, right? Like, they've been affected by COVID for sure. But, you know, I said it last year when they signed Danilo. You know, like, obviously they were smart in spending their money before Trey got his Supermax. But Danilo was not the answer. You know, you look at John Collins and the, the, the chemistry that he has, right? You, you look at Clint Capella and the way that he has come in as a defender, and you think to yourselves, why do I need Danilo Gallinari? Why do I need a guy who can't really shoot anymore, who can't really play the three, can't play the five, is kind of stuck in this four position? And, you know, I look at... Not a great defender. No, exactly. And, you know, there's some way that needs to happen. And for me, the answer is Jeremy Grant, right? Like, the Pistons are looking at potentially moving Grant. They like their young future, and Grant isn't a part of that. And if you could move Reddish and Danilo, the two guys that are the one on question, Pistons get a young guy, right, with Reddish who needs room to Take blossom. a flyer. Right, let's yeah. say that. And Gallinari can be moved or he can be a veteran to help this young team that isn't relevant now. And Jeremy Grant would be a fantastic answer. Can play defense, is a threat, and would get to play on a quote-unquote contending team, which I think he's really missing out right now. So it'll be really interesting to see what'll happen, but that's my answer. Yeah, it's funny because he left a contending team to take some more money in Detroit, right? And yeah. kind of be the man. And he has proven that he can be almost uh, an all-star level talent. But I think he was an all-star last year. Yep. Yeah, exactly. um, and I think you nailed it on the head in terms of the team that, that needs a future stud to play alongside Cade Cunningham. I don't know if you know Cam Reddish can still develop there. Like he did have such a high ceiling before his pre-draft rankings and stuff. And Danilo, they can use him serviceably, you know, competitively to lose games um, and, and get out of his contract. They can absorb it. Um, I think it's a great deal. Maybe you throw in a couple first-round picks because you know Grant's good. So it's going to cost them, but that that could turn the Hawks around, my friend. They need something. They need some life into this team and. We're getting to that point in the season. The trade deadline is a couple of weeks away, and we've had so little. Like, I can't believe Rondo is the first trade of the season at this point, which the Cavs need, by the way, with the injuries that they've dealt with. But, you know, I, I, I know that Jeremy Grant is a conversational topic. A lot of teams are like, let's trade for Jeremy Grant. The Lakers would love a Jeremy Grant, you know? There's so many there's so Who many are they going to trade, dude? They got exactly. no really valuable pieces. <laughs> okay, well, if you, you want to talk who? That's it. I don't, I don't know. But at the end of the day, he is going to be one of the big names at this deadline, I think, that could potentially be moved. And it'll be really the interesting biggest. to see where things flip. But at the end of the day, the Hawks need to do something because their record stinks. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and I think, um, I gotta clarify what I meant by biggest. He's not the biggest name, technically, like if a guy like Westbrook moves in terms of career, yeah. but in terms of affecting winning and being important to a team, biggest. Or, um, and he's also young enough to be relevant for years rather than just a rental for one or two seasons, right? Yeah, no, definitely. He could fit into the, the Hawks' core. Um, I think when you brought that up, I was like, whoa, that's unreal. Clint Capella, John Collins, and Jeremy Grant in your front court as your as your three. All of them can rotate from center to, to small forward to power forward and, and play the wings. And then you've got Huerta and and Trey Young doing their thing from long range snipers. Like, and you got the bigs to pick and roll. It's yeah. That's the it's most important thing. Is it's Trey's pick and roll versatility with these three dominant bigs that you can have that can all do a little bit 
something different, right? Because then, like, think about the defense. Like, which one of them is coming to set a screen? Am I going to have to roll to the basket to stop Clint Capella? Am I going to have to look for Jeremy Grant taking a shot? Is John Collins going to lob over my head, right? Like, there's there's so many ways that they, that Trey can, like, make this work. And I want to see that team succeed. It was fun watching them in the playoffs last year. And they just they seem to be missing their mojo. And they've got young pieces to move, right? Like, Trey is, quote-unquote, in his prime or will be in his prime in a couple of years, basically. So get them ready to succeed. And Danilo Gallinari is not the answer and never was. So, Dude, I 100% agree with you. Um, your comment about Trey Young being in his prime, I don't know if he's in his prime, but averaging 28 points, four rebounds, and nine and a half assists with a 26.2 per, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. I would say that, that's um, the best prime that most people could hope to have. So yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. He could turn their team around because uh, the East and the West are just looking wide open right now. Um, do you want to talk about the buzzer beaters and how many that we've seen over the last few years? Because the talent in the NBA has just gotten so so much better. I don't know if teams are just attempting more um, or letting guys take them more, but we've seen. I think what eight seasons of 18 plus in the last 20 years whereas in the first 50 years i think we saw like three seasons five seasons over yeah matt matt's pulling out some wild numbers here but it, it, it gets crazier if you dig down the rabbit hole which i did about two hours ago because i was just like i got into this weird realization because matt oprah be handing out buzzer beaters like it's a new car right now okay <laughs> You know, we're Raptors fans over here. When we think of buzzer beaters, we think of Kawhi Leonard and the most ridiculous buzzer beating shot. That's the only one he's hit in his career, right? When you think about wow. buzzer beaters in general, you think of Michael Jordan because that man was lightning. That man was insane. Michael Jordan has all nine. Nine all-time game-winning buzzer beaters. A couple in the playoffs too, which I'll talk about later. When you start to go down the list, you find some really interesting things. You know, Kobe's got eight. Makes sense. LeBron's got seven makes sense with how much he has the ball in his hands in the fact that nobody calls him clutch come on guys <laughs> yeah that's always been a, a, a debate but like you want to talk about some people that they think are really clutch Stephen Curry doesn't have a game winning buzzer beater Kyrie Irving he also doesn't have a game winning buzzer beater well, Lillard's got three which is you know fair fair but like Rudy Gay Not has three the reputation R- sorry Rudy Gay's got four you know what I mean so it's like you have to think about it. J.J. Redick only has one. Ray Allen's got three. Reggie Miller with two. You know, you start to figure out that there's all of these different players. Joe Johnson has eight, but, like, you know, Iso Joe was a god in his own right. But Iso it, Joe with eight, up there with Kobe and MJ as the top three in NBA history. Yeah. That's unreal for Iso Joe. That's, he's getting a contract this year, too. Man's having a year. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Could you imagine if he hit one? Oh, man, I hope he does. I really hope he does. <laughs> okay, but the, the reason we're bringing this up is because this season alone, there have been nine game-winning buzzer beaters, four of which happened this week itself, all right? Harrison Barnes hit one. Luka Doncic hit his fourth of his career, which is kind of insane considering how many he has already to start. Devontae Graham hit the most insane farthest distance game winning buzzer beater shot that we've seen in history. Three days later, Shea got revenge and hit a buzzer beater shot because right before that Devontae Graham shot, Shea hit a game winning shot that nobody's going to remember because of how unreal the shot is. Thankfully, he hits a game winning buzzer beater. A couple days later, 
Matt, do you know who Chemezi Metu is? Because Chemezi Metu hit a game-winning shot, and that guy is a legend in the 2K sports gaming world. I'm just going to throw that out there, okay? But the big, the big deal, the one we mentioned at the beginning, was DeMar with back-to-back game-winning buzzer beaters, insane shots. Matt, it has been an absolute pleasure this past week to watch this ridiculousness. And as our earlier comment, it's because of the talent in the league. It's because of how good the basketball that we just get to see, which considering that COVID is wrecking things, it's kind of wild that we've still seen all of these amazing, awesome moments happen. Absolutely. It's been insane to see um, the fact that we've had so many in, in such a short period of time. The fact that a guy like Luka Doncic has four in, what, four seasons? He's pretty much. Man, he's so clutch. He's on pace to destroy MJ's record. Um the, the talent in the, at the level of the NBA is just unreal. When guys like Devontae Graham are shooting the longest buzzer beaters in NBA history, you do have to get a little lucky, obviously, oh, yeah. but there's a lot of skill involved in there. Um, to be on the court at that time, to be even a, able to attempt that shot, uh, these guys practice it. Uh, that's where Steph Curry's kind of really evolved, man. Um, I was talking about what we've seen eight in the past 20 years of 18+. plus. But most of those have come really recently. Like you look at um, 04, 05, 06, 07, 16, 17, 18, 19. Like those are all really recent. 08, 09. And 21 buzzer beaters in a single season. The most in NBA history. Like just wild. Love it. You know, it's it's been a wild time just in general for for basketball fans, right? Like – the, the craziest thing about Luca though, to, to roll it back is a little bit, is I remember, Matt, you and I having conversations last year on this podcast about Luca missing game-winning shots. Like, I think in his first season, he took, like, maybe 10 game-winning shots, and one of them went in, right? So yeah. the fact that he's only hit so few but has taken so many is this weird statistic, right? Like, if you look at Jordan, his statistic is ridiculous compared to, like, Kobe, for example, right? Like, Jordan's only hit one more than Kobe, but Kobe's taken a lot more, just the situation that he's in and, and how it works, right? But you look at somebody like Harrison Barnes, who has three, which, you know, is hilarious considering all three are for the Kings, and the Kings are tied with Kobe and Jordan as a franchise for the most, for an organization. Like, it's so it's so dumb, kind of, when you think about it, that almost anybody has the talent these days. John Morant had a layup for a buzzer beater this week. You know, the last buzzer beater from last Simmons was Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons doesn't play in the NBA right now. Guy has a single game-winning buzzer beater. Now, it was a layup, obviously, because that guy doesn't shoot. But, like, we are seeing wildness. Hey, man, layup's all the same. Layup's all the same. The most heartbreaking buzzer beater game-winning shot that I've ever seen is LeBron James over OG and an OB, um, which I still rookie season for OG. After he hit that three, making LeBron on the flyby, too bad that wasn't a game-winning buzzer beater. OG's got to have a couple. I think he's got one. For sure, that we know of. That we know of. (laughs) The the most important thing is the fact that, like, it's just crazy to see this happen. And, like, it's a different world in the playoffs, right? Because, you know, uh, I think in the last 10 years, we've seen, like, 17 playoff game-winning buzzer beaters, which is a ridiculous amount. Because in the previous nine years, there was, like, six, basically. So there's a lot of kids with a lot of talent right now, and people are willing to take that final shot and we see it all the time in the NBA, right? The clock's winding down. You know somebody's going to take a shot. Everybody on the court knows somebody's going to take a shot. 
And sometimes you can't stalk him. Demar's second buzzer beater, he had two guys defending him, and he pump faked the first guy to only be fully contested by the second guy, and he still makes the shot. Like, it is so much fun as an NBA fan. That's the main thing that I get out of it, Matt. Because, like, you could have the worst game ever. Like, you could have a 65-65 to 65 game. But if there's a game-winning buzzer beater at the end of it, that will be a historic, fun moment. And people will Memorable think, what a, great, what a great game, right? So, like, it's awesome Absolutely. that these are happening. Absolutely, man. And to, and to tie it back into your talent across the league, um, when you have guys like Anthony Simons, who we know from the dunk competition. Oh, yeah. Um, but he drops, what, like 40-plus um, the day after his grandfather passed. He he obviously dedicated it to his grandfather, said that he took over his body for that performance. Um, but that's unreal. When you guys got, like, Trey Young dropping 56 and 14 and a loss, yep. like, that's wild. These, these guys have so much talent nowadays. They're so young, just high-flying, dominating. It's just... A golden age of basketball, my friend. You haven't even mentioned Josh Giddy, who officially became the youngest player in NBA history to put up a triple double. Which meant the night before he had a donut double double, zero points, ten rebounds, ten assists. It's the first time in fifty years that there's been a double double with zero points on a player. And then he goes out and has a triple double, literally two nights. Or I'm pretty sure the night later, like you know, Westbrook. Westbrook goes four hundred and seven games between it's having a game without a turnover, stat. right? Like, insane the world that we're living in. I can't believe he almost went five full seasons of NBA basketball without having a game without a turnover. Like, one game, dude, one game, don't turn the ball over. Just don't. Yeah, but that was hit. Like, he plays 100%. He plays reckless. He plays oh, yeah. to win. So, um, we, we were having not to. Me and I were having a fun conversation, right? Like, you know, we were talking about how Kyrie Irving, you know, doesn't have a buzzer beater you know who is insanely good at not turning the ball over chris paul this man has a hundred and one games in his thousand plus game career and me and i had a funny comment about how like if you took the mindset of chris paul and the natural skill of kyrie irving you might have the greatest player in nba history so just a fun stat to bring up absolutely man because you'd have like a small michael jordan with the handle um with the outside shot with the uh, pretty finesse finishing that Kyrie has, um, it'd be absolutely something to behold, and he'd be a, a floor general that he that he isn't. Um, I was provoked by that Caleb Williams tweet about, um, you know, he's a top three point guard, whether you like it or not. Um, I can name point guards. <laughs> uh, let's let's go with three off the top of my head: Steph Curry, Magic Johnson, LeBron James. Oh, then you got to throw like Isaiah Thomas in there. Um, you got to throw Oscar Robinson, John Stockton, uh, Jerry West. Like, man, I could go on and on about point guards. I don't even think he's a top three point guard in the game today. <laughs> Let's talk about Steph Curry. Let's talk about John Moran. Let's talk about CP3. <laughs> right there. Claimed. <laughs> John Moran, who I didn't even mention, was one of the guys who had a buzzer beater this week. Absolutely unreal. The Grizzlies, again, we talked about them last week, are fantastic. Matt, I think we beat this to death, honestly. I'm happy to move on to Raptors chat, if you are, because while we have amazing things happening in the NBA, the Raps are 4-0. The Raps are 4-0. They aren't the hottest team in the league right now. There are a few teams that are a little bit hotter than them. Those Grizz, like you mentioned, they got that six-game winning streak. I want to throw that in there. Oh, true. Um, the Chicago Bulls on an eight-game winning streak right now. Top eight? of the East. Eight-game win streak, man. They're 8-2 in their last 10 on the eight-game winner. Uh, 76ers on our five game streak up at 21 and 16 but you're right man 
our Raptors making a charge. We were pretty poor at one point. Um, unlike the Washington Wizards, who were 14 and 8 <laughs> and are now 19 and 19, we are 18 and 17 after being like six or seven games below 500. Um, it's a it's a sight to see, my friend. The Wizards and the Raptors are exactly where I think they should be at this point in time, thankfully. But honestly, it was a great week of games. I'm still over here in quarantine, you know, thankfully feeling a lot better than I did last week. But I've gotten to watch all of these Ws this week, and every single game had its own beautiful moment from it. I was talking about this Clippers game, the first of this four-game win streak, where we lost the percentage game. We were 7% lower in the field goals, 13% lower on our three, 14% lower on free throws. But we won the rebound game, 54 to 37. This is the game where Pascal has 25 points, 19 rebounds. I mentioned it to Matt. Pascal Siakam is playing the best basketball of his career and is one of the major reasons why we are on a win streak right now. Um, that is absolute music to my ears, my friend. I'm not <laughs> gonna lie. I have had struggles watching some raps, raps games this holiday season. It's been hard to get some some free time there, but watching the box score watching the highlights catching the game when i can i think you're right man siakam is playing some of the best basketball that he's played since the nba finals and if he can get his value back to above paul george status um i think that's great because then we pulled trig on a trade and uh now we've got barnes og and anobi and whatever is a young stud that siakam can bring in it's it's, it's beautiful because it, it, it pivots in any direction, right? And the major thing for me is the fact that we're sharing the ball, right? Like Pascal Siakam is, is figuring out that, yes, he can be the number one option. Yes, he can drop 25, 30, 20, 33. Like he's been having great scoring moments, right? But everyone's sharing the ball. OG and Gary are thriving off ball. Fred is getting the opportunity to play off ball more because everyone is kind of taking their ball handling moments. Scotty, what do I say about Scotty? There's so many good things. He's playing the Marcus All role, as Fred is saying. He does everything on the court. He takes less than 10 shots a night, and most of the time he has 12 points because he's that efficient. It is just beautiful all-around team basketball, and I love the starting unit that we have. He's our dream on green at this point for our awesome, not superstar-studded roster. Because if you think about Golden State when they first like really come out, yes, they had Steph Curry. But we didn't know what a superstar Steph Curry legacy was going to be at the beginning, right? They're underrated players until they make a name for themselves. And Draymond Green kind of did everything for that roster. Scotty Barnes does everything for our roster, but has way, way more potential. We've already seen it with his scoring prowess. He's up there. He can rebound. He can defend. The fact that he's a rookie on this team is the only reason why he's deferring more and not having these monster, monster stat games like we were accustomed to seeing at the beginning of the season. But it's part of our winning basketball because you're right. We've got way too much talent with OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., and Siakam. That is one of the scariest starting fives top to bottom. I don't think we have a true ultimate star, but I don't think we have a player that isn't fringe all-star. Well, every single one of those players will join any other team and be instantly starting caliber, no matter what team it is, no matter who is in that position. Somebody will will flip, or they will flip to a a different position because of our versatility, right? And, you know, I just appreciate that you'll you'll call Scotty the Draymond right now, because a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how Scotty can play the Draymond role for us and how important I think that could be, and you were like, he's better than Draymond, he has way more talent, which... 
Yeah. He's way that's more awesome. talent. That's way that's more why talent. I'm excited that not only does he have that talent, but he is smart enough with his basketball IQ that he can play any role because that's what Draymond does. He finds the gaps. He figures out what they need in and out every single night. And Scotty is doing that as a rookie on this team and everyone's thriving because of it. For, this is this is Fred Van Vliet's team also. Another big thing that we have to mention. Absolutely. He is so in charge. It is beautiful to see. Matt, I always talk about those box scores where he has 30 plus points he had a box score against the Knicks where he went 11 for 17 with 33 points that's not a Fred Van Vliet box score that is an all-star Fred Van Vliet box score and that's what I need to see more about him and I'm so happy that this chemistry is all coming together Fred Van Vliet is an all-star with our record and where we are in the Eastern Conference and what we've been through this season and what he's meant to our team oh yeah he is an all-star. He is one of the best point guards in the Eastern Conference. Um, yeah, Trey Young has more talent than him. John Moran is definitely more athletic than him and is going to be have a better career. Guys like Kyrie Irving and you know they're they're you know more talented players. But he has the stats night in night out, the consistency, the hustle, the defense. Um, yeah, man, I want him in the All Star game. We we really. You know, undervalued the grooming that Kyle Lowry did for him. Like, I mean, we always, we as Raptors fans, we always talked about how we knew that he would be the next Kyle, you know, how eventually he would fit into that role. But the way that he's done it so seamlessly, right? Like, I miss Kyle Lowry on our team. You know, I definitely do. But I don't miss him in the sense that we need him because I feel like our, our team learned and, and became enough in his absence and Fred really stepped up as that leader and I know that there's so many things that he does off the court he's such a good locker room guy that like I wouldn't be surprised if Fred is one of the reasons why Scotty is playing the way that he is because Fred is like boy we're gonna win more games don't worry you can have your nights but like we need all of these things to happen and I'm excited to see what the future holds for this squad absolutely it's going to be tough for him to get in because, you know, you've got James Harden, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Levine, Ball, LaMelo Ball, not Lonzo, uh, yeah. Kyrie <laughs> Irving, Derek Rose, uh, Tyler Hero, Darius Garland, all ahead of him currently at the moment. Um, but, man, does he – is he deserving? I think he's ahead of a guy like Garland, Hero, oh, yeah. Rose. Um, I think he should be ahead of a guy like um, Kyrie Irving easily – Maybe not talent-wise, but in terms of the season and what they provided, like to be an all-star, mm-hmm. um, like it's an accolade. It's something that goes on your Hall of Fame resume when they talk about players: eleven-time All-Star, twelve-time yeah. All-Star. Well, Kyrie Irving does not deserve to be an All-Star this season, not at all. I, I love that him. He's so high up in the voting. Clay Thompson is fourth in All-Star voting. Hasn't played a single game this season. Like the good news in my mind is that I know that the the coaches respect Fred. As, a, as an all-star type player so even if the fan base isn't able to, to you know really get him there into those votes like I think that there's enough respect in the league that, that Fred will get his all-star nod and if he doesn't oh you know that we'll be on here absolutely tearing some people apart for the undeserving uh, decisions that are made absolutely my friend absolutely gotta get those Raptors into the all-star game bro we had a 4-0 week we beat the Knicks we beat the Spurs we beat the Bucks we above 500 Let's go. Honestly, super happy. And to, to kind of bring it all full circle, because I didn't really talk about Pascal. I just mentioned that he's been playing this, this fantastic basketball. 
man, it's the best basketball of his career. I think he's finally over the injuries. He's over the surgery he had this summer. He's come into this team. He's seen the way that Fred controls things. And he's just playing unreal. He's he's not having those moments that Matt hates to see. You know, the the classic um, Pascal scream, the ah, when he goes to the <laughs> basket, like, he's getting actually fouled. They're he's down. getting and ones. It's not just him doing it for the sake of doing it, you know? So, you know, a lot of it is, is coming together, and the, the chemistry is really going up. And the last mention for me is still Nick Nurse. You know, this guy is a championship-caliber coach, and he has gotten the boys working, you know? Birch is fantastic off the bench now. Champagne had a 14-point game in 13 minutes the other night, right? Like, we don't have the most amazing bench, but the guys are able to come in and have the moments that matter, and a lot of that has to do with Nick Nurse understanding his players to the core. Absolutely, man. Nick Nurse is a championship-level coach. Uh, the the league rips apart Steve Nash for not knowing how to handle that star-studded roster, while Nick Nurse is pulling the best out of this team. Um, he's got us playing hard defense like always. Um, I heard this funny thing that uh, Danny Green revealed about him, that he actually doesn't need his glasses on the bench, but he wears them so that his mom recognizes him. Apparently <laughs> one game he was wearing them and he, she couldn't recognize him. So he has to wear them so that his mom recognizes him on the bench. It's actually amazing. Um, it's amazing. And he talked, he, if you haven't seen he's done a podcast uh, where he talks about uh, the cha- Raptors championship run. It's really great. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like Nick Nurse, we he's been there, done that. I think with a player like Scotty Barnes, our ceiling has been unlocked. I think that in a few years, the way that we're developing, the way that we're moving, yep. and again, if Siakam's value can only get higher, because it was in the tubes two months ago. If we had traded him when I was clamoring for a trade, we would get pennies on the dollar. Yep. Today, we could probably get Ben Simmons easy. And not that I want Ben Simmons <laughs> anymore. I was... No, but clarify that but easy very valid point right like that's that's struggle like i bet you the knicks almost wish they just sold julius randall right now because like they're struggling and randall's value is nowhere near where it was after last, last year season, as a, so as an mvp candidate so right you gotta, that's, you, you gotta take those seasons for those kinds of players and you gotta capitalize on them if you're a gm I know you want that to be the norm, and some players will stick it to you and burn you and be that player for the rest of their career somewhere else. But if they haven't shown it consistently, and all of a sudden it just pops up, go get yourself something amazing with it. Right? Go it's... get yourself the first overall pick. There's so many things. There's so many things you can do, and and that, the crazy part is like we're all just armchair GMs here trying to come up with our best decisions. And thankfully, we as the Raptors have somebody like Masai who's just running things that photo i'm sure you've seen matt of him just like sitting in the stands just like like eight rows up nine rows up by himself and they asked him he's like i was just i was just hanging out being safe you know i wanted to watch the boys play it's just so funny he's the only person in the arena that's not part of the the teams that are playing i was just so good to watch that absolutely man he's uh gotta keep an eye out on the boys he's gotta keep an eye out on the competition because he builds some winners my friend some big old winners that's why I'm gonna love Masai. Yes, sir. All right, looking ahead, we got the Jazz on Friday, Pelicans on Sunday, and the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday. Tough week, honestly. Tough week coming up ahead. Two one would be great. Most likely, we're looking at a one two week, one, but two. we're on a four game winning streak. So like three zero, I think it's gonna happen, man. Three zero would be unreal. Beating the Jazz is gonna be tough right now. 
Um, the Jazz are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. They're eight and two in their last ten. Um, it's gonna be a tough one, but hey, so we're hot too, seven and four. So let's get it going. I'll I'll be excited to turn it on tomorrow night. Um, Mystic predictions, hot takes. Yeah, man, I um. I, I'm going to stick with my take, even though I did not realize the Bulls were actually 8-0, so I'm actually going for a ridiculous prediction here. But Bulls, 4-0 week upcoming. Wizards, Mavs, Pistons, Nets, all beatable teams. If they could go into that Nets game on an 11-game win streak and pull it out, you can't ignore this Bulls team anymore. And you already can ignore them right now. Yeah, I don't know if Kyrie has the ability to play in that game or not with his status and stuff. True. But if he can't play in that game, the Bulls can easily have that 4-0 week like you're talking about. If he plays in that game, it might give them the advantage. So who knows? Um, I'm going to say McVay gets back in the win column, my friend. We were talking about it early in the NFL columns take. Um, I think they're going to beat the 49ers, knock uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out of the playoffs. New Orleans is going to then make it because they're going to beat Atlanta. Um, again, losing Jameis Winston. What a horrible thing for that team. Uh, but yeah, New Orleans makes it. McVay gets back in the win call, makes it 4-6 in the series against Kyle Shanahan. Because, you know, 3-7 is, is kind of a beatdown. It's not a good number. It's, it's not a good number. It's less than double 50, so you don't want that at all. It's hard to come back from. Exactly. Well, I stayed away from football because I'm, I'm, you know, stockpiling. You know, we got the playoffs around the corner, so a lot of exciting things ahead. Anything else, Mike? Get do? your wallets ready, ready for betting on Kevin's <laughs> exactly. because he's going to curse some, some also ran NFL team to the Super Bowl. Tim Bay. <laughs> on, on the on the other side, if you want to send me money to have your team, win, I'm happy. I'm happy to make the takes work out that way. <laughs> <laughs> We are open to all possibilities. Exactly. All right. Anything else, my friend? No, man. I think you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.